Hey, what's up, Defender Nation? Um, Aaron Bart, Dean of Chapel, back with you. And um, we're producing content because we've had a lot of requests for continued messages and words of inspiration and reflections on scripture throughout the summer. So we're working all the way through the summer, um, but no, you don't have to do any summer school. We're just gonna do some chapels for you. In fact, we're gonna kick off a new series. We're gonna call this Hidden Gems. So myself, along with other members of Campus Ministries and our theology faculty, are each gonna reflect on somewhere different in scripture that's something we would refer to as a hidden gem. Uh, maybe a text that we don't know all that well, or maybe one that we're reading right now because of the moment we're in with fresh eyes. And we're just sort of seeing it differently. So I wanna kick off a story today with that well-known, famous Old Testament pillar, Mephibosheth. Maybe you've heard of Mephibosheth before, maybe you haven't. Um, just try practicing saying that name. It's kind of fun over and over again, Mephibosheth. But the story comes, we get introduced to him in 2 Samuel chapter 9. David has just gotten all the way um, to the throne. It's hit, the promises of God have finally become fully actualized in his life. And as his enemies are vanquished and his throne and his kingdom is established, he starts looking at what he has to do next. And we start to see in little instances, not just in his desire to build a temple, but even in the way that he treats people, why David is a man after God's own heart. You see, those things are often cultivated in the little things, in the little moments, in the acts of kindness that we don't have to do, but those who follow Christ do do. Let's read the story with you now. This is from 2 Samuel chapter 9. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. And the king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? And Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, He's at the house of Machir, son of Amiel in Lodabar. So King David had him brought from Lodabar to the house of Machir, son of Samuel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness. For the sake of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, will always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son himself named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. 
Now, why am I drawn to this story? What's so significant about this character who, when we're introduced, we're not even given his name first, just the description of him. He was lame in both feet. Five chapters before this, we learned that actually that when Saul and Jonathan were killed in battle, that his nurse grabbed him and picked him up and ran with him. He was five years old at the time, but she dropped him and he became disabled in that fall. Now, when David gets to the throne, the typical thing you would have done back in that day is figured out, is there anybody left from your predecessor's family? Because what you want to do is go kill them. You want to kill them off so that they can't claim their right to the throne at a different time. But see, the kingdom of God doesn't operate like the ways of the world. David wants to show him the kindness of God. That word kindness comes up repeatedly in the passage. It's the motivational driver for David. In Hebrew, this is chesed. It's God's loving kindness. A kindness that is unmerited and it's undeserved. When we're introduced to Mephibosheth, we're told he's lame in both feet. And then the story ends saying he was lame in both feet. And why is this so important? You see, Mephibosheth had nothing to offer David. He couldn't go out and work for him. He couldn't produce. And instead, he becomes the recipient of David's kindness. His greatest role is not that he could bring something to the table, but actually that he would sit at the table and eat like one of David's sons. David was a person who never reached out and tried to take things for himself, but rather he waited on God's timing and he waited for the kindness of God as he saw it manifested in his life and then reproduced that in his own character that others would benefit from it. Mephibosheth was lame in both feet, treated like one of David's sons. Nothing he could have given David. Instead, he was, if anything, a threat to him. But this is, these are the kinds of things that make David a man after God's own heart. This kind of kindness. In today's day and age, when everybody seems to be so anxious, we see so many polarities as political cycles start ramping up. And people are left or they're right, they wear masks or they don't. We try to over-politicize and binary everything and it's the followers of Jesus in these moments right now that need to look different. Minneapolis is a disaster right now. It's so sad what's happening in these different places. Racism, fears, over-politicized behavior and language. We need the followers of God to exercise kindness, not just to those who are like us, but those who might we even perceive to be our enemies. It is our goodness and our kindness, the fruit of the Spirit, as Paul describes them, that might just be our greatest witness today. The Hesed of God is loving kindness. May it be manifest in your life this week to those around you. We'll see you next time.